Hello, welcome to What's the Tea? He's R to the Edgy. And she's Nick Jew. Hi. Girl. Cut it on. Cut it on. Hit it. Put it on right now. Chucky said, this don't make no goddamn sense. It don't make no goddamn sense. <laughs> Dear Netflix. Okay. If you're going to do a live event for arguably your most popular show, if not definitely your most popular original reality series, pay your fucking light bill. What the fuck is you thinking? The fuck is you thinking? We wait. There was supposed to be a live airing of the Love is Blind season four reunion last night at five o'clock specific Eight o'clock Eastern. Not specific. Not specific. And the server crashed. So I waited. The internet waited. waited. And then they put Not out a tweet that said, no, we waited. Then they put out a tweet that said, we'll, we'll be on in 15 minutes. 15 minutes passed. 30 minutes passed. At which point I left because I was like, fuck this. I'm going to watch something else. Um, an hour passed. Succession came on, so everybody left to go watch Succession. Right. And then at about nine twenty-five, they got the shit up and running, but not for everybody. So if you like got out of line, you still couldn't see it. People were broadcasting this shit on their like TikTok live because Netflix did not pay the motherfucking light bill. They said we should be able to all share the same password after this. Listen, we should all get this month free. Correct. Like, they had a live studio audience, which in my opinion was entirely unnecessary. Correct. So they ended up just recording the show and whoever could get it live, if you stayed in the queue, you saw it. If not, they started airing it like pretty soon after. So I didn't have to wait till it was over, but it was nearly 10 o'clock when I started watching it. And I missed the first like 25 minutes. I got home at 11 and I'm my 11 is your midnight and it still wasn't like ready. Right. I was like, this is some bullshit. We can discuss the details of it at another time. Cause I do want to go back and watch the beginning part that I missed. Um, mm-hmm. But the, but the other part two of my, this don't make no goddamn sense is Vanessa Lachey. Girl. I'm on your head, bitch. I don't think I have ever commented on a celebrity's post and shit as much as I've commented on her. I was adding her on Twitter last night. You I commented on her motherfucking went, Instagram. This is your villain, your villain origin story. You went listen, over the edge. Listen, I'm on your head, bitch. First of all, are you dumb? Have you not paid attention to how much the fan base of this show likes Marshall? Loves Marshall. Have you not paid attention to how much the fan base of this show dislikes Marshall? Have you not paid attention to how strongly black women have been talking about the very problematic nature of Kwame and the way that he described his racial presentation? Can we talk? What the fuck were you doing? Why would you chastise your audience? And most of the people that I saw having critique about Kwame were black women. So you, you shook your finger at a bunch of black women. 
a bunch of Ghanaian, Ghan, I'm going to sound like Chelsea here, <laughs> a bunch of people from Ghana who the were way telling me. my head you, just fell over, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> I can't, I'm so flustered right now that I cannot make the sounds. But people <laughs> from his country are telling you that's not the way his name is pronounced. It's a very whitewashed way to say the motherfucking name. And the fact that he he was like, and they they missed this part where I said da 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 da. But nigga, they didn't add the part where you was talking about the prom and your preference. Like the words were there. You said them. The words that they left out didn't help his case very on, much, Heather in my B, opinion. They used what they you used gave. what you gave them. Blame it on the edit. And now, if anybody could be upset, it was Zach because they aired him saying that he wrote that song. They edited him saying, well, I didn't write it. And he talked about what the song actually was. And then the whole internet was dragging him because they said he lied about writing a song. I mean, if we're talking about dragging people, that song Alex wrote was corny trash. Trash. And my third and my third piece here is the fandom is rabid and unhinged and people like psychoanalyzing everybody from Bliss's daddy to Micah friend. They kept calling that lady Bret Hart, which is hilarious to me. Um, Y'all are all pretty unhinged. Like they went went and found Bartice's baby mama and which is like, crazy. I don't, it's crazy to me. She's she was not on the show. She didn't ask for this. Bartiz and Nancy are not married. Bartiz can get anybody pregnant if he wants to. That was one of the main reasons he didn't want to be with Nancy because he thought that she they had different abortion opinions. Um, but to have Bartiz, who again your fan base fucking hates, to pop up on this reunion with that damn baby. Was very clueless, and then like also crazy. Like, why was she saying that she wants Nancy and Zach to? I mean, not Nancy. What's her child name? Bliss and Zach to have the first love is blind baby. Like, stop. Also, and it wouldn't be the first because Lauren and Cameron have a child. I was just about to say, like, don't they have a kid? Lauren just had a baby. Oh, I'm so happy. Oh, I love them. Vanessa Lachey. I'm on your head, bitch. On your head. I have not rooted for a public dragging this hard since the next bitch I'm going to talk about, but I'm going to let you go next. Do you have anything that does not make any goddamn sense before I make this whole show dragging the fuck out of Vanessa Lachey? I mean, there are lots of things that don't make any goddamn sense. I'm really, um, I'm in a, I'm in a place right now. Oh, I'm in a place. I other than your office. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Since um, and I actually don't want to talk about this too much because um, there are other things I want to talk about. Things that I enjoyed, things that were surprising, things that were pleasant. Um, I just ever since Tamir Rice, I really found it quite necessary to my mental health to like maintain a sort of healthy detachment from the steady stream of 
black death because you know that Word. Jane Baldwin quote to be a Negro and to be relatively conscious is to be in a constant state of rage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like just the the form and function of my job require me to I, I can't like I just like I, like, I yeah. can't I just yeah. can't. Um, and I I didn't I haven't seen a video since Tamir Rice I don't really do a ton of reading I you know like do cursory information and and cry Same. and Same. you know grieve and talk to my therapist and and all that stuff but just this story out of the state that I'm currently sleeping in um just like really has me unsettled and I don't like I, I, it feels so pre- it feels so predictable that like people keep talking about the wrong shit, um, and I'm just really tired. You're talking about Ralph Yarl. I am talking yeah. about Ralph Yarl. I hope he was released he from the hospital today. Yeah, a full recovery. I hope soon. Yeah. Um. And then, so, like, the people of Kansas City have surrounded the home of the man who shot him, which, like, we in would not face? have to. And then, again, like, in the body, once in the face? he shot him in the, in the head, I think, actually. Um, and the person has not been arrested at all. So there, I think that might have that might have changed recently. Okay, that would be ideal. Uh, yeah, because what happened was so like it was like terrorist versus road or whatever. He got the address wrong to go. Oh, so they they filed charges. They filed charges, and I think they have issued an arrest warrant. So as of forty minutes ago he will face two felony charges. Yeah. Which is good because I was uh, assuming that the people in Kansas City were about to burn Kansas City the fuck down, which they should. Uh, White, 85-year-old homeowner, 85, uh, who allegedly shot and wounded Ralph Yara, a black teen, after the 16-year-old went to the wrong home to pick up his siblings, will face two felony charges. I have a question. Yes. What if a part do we have to use allegedly? Yes. I mean we don't. Lawyers <laughs> I just mean that like lawyers and shit I have to I'm say that. Like, yeah. I'm like, do we Yeah, we, we don't. Can we, he shot can him. We, can we move to apparently? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't like, apply a, intent, it doesn't apply premeditation, but yeah. like Come on, y'all. Let's stop bullshitting. Yeah, we. there's no alleged. We know it happened. Um, so he'll face a charge of assault in the first degree and armed criminal action. Uh, authorities have issued a warrant for his arrest, but he is not currently in custody. I just also love that there is so much linguistic gymnastics Yeah, uh, around like the criminal code when it as it relates to non-black bodies and black bodies that also just doesn't make any fucking sense Mm -mm. 
Uh, there's no indication that either Lester or Ralph spoke to one another before the Thursday evening shooting. So he just fucking somebody, a black person knocked on the door and he shot him. Didn't even because like the burglar always knocks. Right. Uh, oh, just like that time that I got um, pulled over by three police cars when I was leaving the gas station because I matched the description of someone leaving an armed robbery because the first thing you do after you rob a bank is, is go, go get gas, gas in, in shorts and flip flops by yourself. In broad daylight. In a Volkswagen Passat. I mean, it was yeah. used, but a Volkswagen Passat. Yeah. Uh, so there's no evidence that the teen entered the home. And no. preliminary evidence shows that Lester opened fire on the teen through a glass door with a 32 caliber revolver. They took him into custody. They're calling him a suspect, which, again, we don't have to because clearly he's the person who shot the little boy. Correct. Um, he, they took him into custody on April 13th, just before midnight. But he was released less than two hours later on April 14th. That's crazy to me. That is crazy to me. Uh, Kansas City Police Chief Stacy Graves said in the Sunday news conference, a homeowner was placed on a 24-hour investigation hold following the shooting. After consulting with the Clay County Prosecutor's Office, the homeowner was released pending further investigation. So, like, because he was old? I hate it here. But we are heavily in prayer for Ralph, who was sent home today and is hopefully going to make a full recovery. Yeah. It's terrible. This is terrible. And then, of course, the media is doing that thing where they were like, the kid was a section leader in his band. I don't. It doesn't matter. Give a fuck. Like, yay for this young man. And I'm so happy that, like, the community has rallied behind him because we all know what it looks like when the person who is unjustly shot and or killed looks wasn't like a, a, a stellar citizen of society. But none of that allows you extra judicial shooting of people. A motherfucker who worked at a CVS this last week shot a pregnant woman because he thought she was stealing. It's CVS. It's not UVS, nigga. You don't own the CVS. Y'all have insurance. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Write that down. Are it came you right off the dome. Joking me? It came right off the dome. It's not UVS. <laughs> it's maybe something I want to get tattooed on my body. <laughs> but like, why are you Wait, I'm sorry. People? Pause. Do you know what CVS stands for? No. <laughs> Me either. I was just okay. like. <laughs> <laughs> I bet we could find out. There's like a whole internet worth of oh, shit. Oh, oh, okay. Consumer value store. Oh, it's not your value store. It's the <laughs> consumer value store, nigga. Lord have mercy. Yeah, he fucking like yeah. you're you don't own the CVS. Any, I mean anything really. I looked up CVS shooting and there's just I was like, how many results did you get? A lot. I believe this is the one. Um oh no, this ain't even it, child. 
Good yeah. Lord. Why are people shooting up the CVS? Down to the consumer value store. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. I was like, that's Walgreens. I was like, ain't they slogan at the intersection of at the corner of healthy and happy? Child. Uh, no, this is not what I want either. I just I don't. <sighs> okay. I don't know. There's way too many. There's way too many. Yeah. Way too many. Um, this is there. This was another story. A woman who was there was a robbery and she was shot by the assailant and she and her and her baby made it. Praise the Lord. I just it it's so clear what the pro. I mean, what the problems are. And I was like, we're not going to solve. We're not going to solve racism. Right. In my no. lifetime, but we can solve the guns. Yeah, and and the and the data is there. When when the assault weapons ban was reversed, the fucking shootings went up. Why does anybody need an AR fifteen? What is the purpose of anyone having an AR fifteen? Correct. You want your pistol? Take your fucking pistol. People are still gonna die from the handgun, but a, but something that has. The, there was just some shit that happened in like Alabama over the weekend where 28 people were hurt and four people were murdered by I one mean, gunman. One gunman. It's the guns. It's the guns. And I'm not even on team like take everybody's guns. I, I would love to be on that team, but I don't think that that's practical because I also don't want to live in a in a America post the prohibition of something like guns because post prohibition of anything in this country has turned into a way more violent fearful movement than like you know pros pro prohibition of alcohol that's how we got the fucking mafia so like i can't even imagine what this country would be like if they banned all guns but can we at least start with the assault weapons okay so this is a terrifying website that i don't recommend anyone going to gunviolencearchive.org but in the week since we have recorded the last episode, there have been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen mass shootings where at least three people have been injured, um, including the incident in Alabama where four people lost their life and 20 people were injured. Yeah. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. It's the guns. It's the guns. And now they're talking about like how much um, military enrollment has lowered in this country, which is shocking to me because of how terribly most people are doing financially. Usually that is like the number one way out. I mean, every black person within a relationship to their family past two generations knows at least 15 people who immediately after high school went into the service because that's mm-hmm. what we call it. Mm-hmm. And that's <laughs> once they finally allow black people to start getting funding from the GI Bill because if, you know, let's talk about that for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the best way for black people. That was like, it was like either you went into the service or you went to trade school. Like it was just, Mm -hmm. that's what you did. There are more people. And what's crazy is that military enrollment in American territories is 
higher than the voting average. Like in Guam, oh, wow. like I think it's like upwards of 90% of the people who are residents of Guam are in are enlisted in the military in active in active duty. But we want to play video games and buy guns, but don't actually want to do no work. Right. Y'all want to be Captain America so damn bad. Get a damn uniform, motherfucker. Right. And the thing is, like, my gut reaction is like, oh, God, that nervouses me. Because if not for the fear of our military, then we are in the position that we put everybody else in the world in. And I'm just like, oh, no, not me falling for the fucking imperialistic bullshit. Don't do it, Miss Seeley. <laughs> Don't trade places with what I've been through. You ain't right. worth it. Yeah, and I mean, I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm, I wouldn't say that I was anti-military, but I'm definitely not pro-war. I'm not. I mean, I, I and, and there was this uh, I hate to use this word because I find it a, an empty modifier. Um, so I won't use interesting is the word that I don't totally love. But I think there was a, a complicated and nuanced conversation between John Stewart and the deputy director of defense about, you know, an audit of the military budget. And I think that there is interest from progressives in like oversight and a real unpacking and understanding of why we can't invest in homelessness, why we can't invest in mental health, why we can't invest in education, why we can't invest in arts, why we can't invest in transportation, why we can't invest in technology, why we can't invest in food, why we can't invest in literally anything except rubbing our military penis across the entire surface of the globe and right. the budget continues to inflate with no real meaningful um, advancements. And many folks who are part of the military community are suffering from financial, like tremendous financial instability and like all of these things. The math is not, in fact, mathing, but mm-hmm. but the issue is really, really complicated and nuanced. And I I just like we just need more grownups because people be like trying to drag people on Twitter for being like, gotcha. It's like, actually, maybe it's it's much more complicated than that. But like, thank you for giving Fox News a talking point. And now the how we're gonna, now we're going to lose seats in the house and now nothing's going to happen. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. I, ho- I hope mm-hmm. you're really happy. Fucking Eddie Gloud for saying I'm not voting for Hillary Clinton. I'll never, I'll be on Eddie Gloud's head for the rest of my life. He could, he could cure cancer. And I'll be like, <laughs> remember what you said? Mm-hmm. Just like That's Breonna Joy and- Gray. Talking and about Mark Lamont Hill. She dragged that lady for not and, being able to understand what woke was, but no bitch, and, she said uh, what you said. Yeah, no. That's what I was about to say, bitch. Broken clock. Uh, what your grandma say? <laughs> broken clock still got two hands. <laughs> and Elon James White. Mm, give a fuck. Everybody who had a platform who was talking about they was mad on Hillary. I don't give a fuck. I, I said mean, what I said. The, and, and, and who's to say that if you know, if the election turned out differently, things would be in a demonstrably different place. But like yeah. for people to throw as many boulders as they did during mm-hmm. that two and a half year election cycle and like and not claim any responsibility for the significant like regulatory rollbacks that have happened over the last five years that we're still dealing with. Not to mention right. the fact that he got to name 33 percent of the fucking Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk Let about see how that worked out. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the student loan thing. Like I just, I'm, I got a lot to be mad about. 
Anyway, go, go back to yeah. Go ahead. Make 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 your point before we can so we can talk about some. Bobo I was just gonna say anybody clutching their pearls about the fact that I mentioned Elon's name. Fuck you, because every year when y'all drag that man <laughs> on Thanksgiving, I tell y'all how infantile and fucking stupid that you're being with doing that dumb shit. And I have a, a legitimate couple of beefs with him, and I defend him every Thanksgiving. So eat a dick because grown-ups <laughs> understand nuance right and that's why it's always good to have grown-ups in your friend circle you need mm-hmm. you need a couple you need a, a couple of grown-ups anyway what's the tea hole um so i know you're about to get in that lady boat um you about to beat her ass <laughs> like uh old girl and lilo and stitch who vanessa <laughs> oh, oh applehead <laughs> Yes. Ooh, no, yes. it's another bitch. It's another oh. bitch I'm coming for. Um, but I uh, binged. I totally binged Beef. I didn't watch it. It's. It has moments. It has I really. Saw, what did you? The see? trailer was very interesting. Um, not that I wasn't interested in it. It's just. Um, it just didn't feel like my mood over the weekend. And there was other shit. Not that I'm like boycotting it or anything. I just haven't, It like, you know, normally any AAPI content, I'm running to it. There was one weekend where all I did was watch AAPI content that I dropped. Yes, next. Yeah. Next. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, this, this one I'm sure that I will get to. And then now there's all this um, controversy about the creator that's coming up. Um... Uh oh, my mic is going on and on. <laughs> Suddenly, yes, what's his name? I, David I'm Cho. Bartender. Ooh, if you're looking for me. Well, he did comment, so go ahead and finish, and I can read his comment. What I will say is that I think the show, in moments, has some really, and you know. I also want to be very clear. I have been working like more than I should. Mm-hmm. Um, so my life has been wildly out of balance for the last, let's call it 35 and a half years. Um, but I haven't been keeping up with the ton of television shows, but I do sure. think that there are some conversations, particularly around um, our unchecked relationship to rage. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm also our relationships to shame and money and um, particularly people of color and their relationship to like achieving their way out of a kind of mental state. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I, I, I thought those were some really um, moving conversations for a television show to like bring up. And there was this one scene, it's not really a spoiler, um, but it's a flashback and this, uh, it's Ali Wong's character, and she like imagines this like very scary like doll with like a character from a book that she was reading as a kid, and she like imagines this like character come to life, and it's like a it's a really scary face. You're like, what the fuck? Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Um, and she she as a child does something that she shouldn't do. Um, and the little scary doll lady comes and sees her and is like, nose to nose with her ass. And she's like, please don't tell my mom what I did. She said, I won't. 
And she said, are you sure? And the doll smiles and she says, of course, because if I do, no one will love you. Oh, my God. And I, the way that I felt that at the bottom of my soul, that like, you know, the lies that we are told and we tell ourselves as children, like the ways that those lies take lifetimes to undo, um, you know, yeah, I just, I found myself deeply moved by a lot of the arguments of the show. I think, um, to quote a very wise person, it, did, it doesn't totally stick the landing. And the first, mm. like, the first three minutes of the last episode, I was just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that general sentiment and then also people, like, either perplexed or, like, dissatisfied with the ending. But I, I have thoughts about the ending that I will not share until you've seen it. Okay. Um, but I, I definitely think, yeah, I, I, I appreciate the show for making a big swing to talk about something deeper. I fucks with it. And sorry, David Cho is not the creator of the show. He's an actor on the show. Oh, there was, what, what did David do? David Cho is facing backlash after comments he made in 2014 about sexually assaulting a massage therapist have resurfaced. Oh, God. Not rape comments, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Reporter Ara Bogato posted a clip on Twitter from a 2014 episode of his now defunct podcast, DVD ASA, Cho, whose artwork has adorned the walls of Facebook offices and the White House crudely details his interaction with the massage therapist he describes assaulting in the episode, which has since been scrubbed from the internet, obviously. Um, So then there's also this, like, I'm not going to read what was said. Yeah. um, But he um, sexually assaulted this person, and then the co-host or whatever was like, so you raped and then he said, well, and then the clip, like, cuts out. No, there's no well. Right. Hmm. And so Ara said that David Cho wrote to Twitter to get the video I posted of him talking about the woman he says he raped, taken down on copyright grounds. He claims his oh. nonprofit owns the copyright to the video of him talking about the alleged rape. Alleged rape. He has not publicly addressed the situation. Um, there's also, what's his name? Um, there was another dude who, like, a comedian who, um, like, basically admitted in some story that he was going around telling on talk shows that he had sex with an underage sex worker in another country. Um and some woman like confronted him at one of his stand-up shows, and he's like, "I don't know, talk about Bobby Lee is his name." Oh no! Not to like gang up on Asian men, but there was they just both happened to come into my well. The problem purview. the problem with sexual assault is actually not cultural. It's 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 bigger than that. Unfortunately, and so he's saying that the story is not real. Mm-hmm. But he told it multiple times. He's 51. I know, right? What wow. they be saying? Asian don't raise I I'm I'm leaving. 
so like he responded to the backlash that resurfaced over the Tijuana prostitution story. It's not real. Bobby Lee has responded to backlash over re- these these last two articles have been from USA Today. Sorry, um, of resurfaced videos of the comedian repeatedly telling a story. Most recently on a 2020 podcast episode about an enco- encounter with a prostitute in Tijuana, Mexico. The story details Lee, who is currently on a Bad Friends tour with Andrew Santino. Don't know who that is. Going to Tijuana and scouting for a prostitute in quote unquote Hooker Alley, where he found a girl that seemed scared and picked her to have sex with. He goes on to describe the woman as crying before he speeds up the process to get it over with. The 51 year old has been accused on social media of confessing to a child rape after his past comments began recirculating in early April. He addressed the criticism on his tiger belly podcast noting he has been encouraged to not speak up about the story in order to not bring attention to it but claiming the story was made up these last couple of weeks have been so bad i just need to say something it's easily explainable the comedian began lee said in 2013 he was forced to do press after not selling tickets to his second show at caroline's on broadway in new york city when lee saw opie and anthony on his schedule he recalled telling his team i don't want to do that show it's just not my brand it's edgy shock jock radio the following year he was scheduled to go on the same radio show and lee said he decided to do self-deprecation and crazy jokes to avoid being skewered by the host the reservation dogs actor said he combined two unsuccessful jokes from his tour to form the Tijuana story. The first bit was about going on a date with a young girl who looked like 12-year-old Natalie Portman from The Professional. Ah. And the second joke, yeah, was about speeding up the process of sex with his girlfriend who started crying about her recently deceased grandma during the act. I was encouraged to say crazy stuff without thinking about it, Lee said, of why he told the story. When I listen back to it now, it puts a chill down my spine. comedian continued i changed with society and i look at that story and feel guilt over it it's terrible it was stupid to say it as many times as i did like the thing is let me let let me finish uh lee first told the joke on opie and anthony in november of 2013 then on the this past weekend podcast in 2020 and also on his own podcast tiger belly i understand the uproar and why people are upset about it i'm upset about it and i punish myself over it every second of every day lee said in his latest podcast i don't know about all of that but okay at the end of the day it's not real and i didn't at the end of the day yeah i feel like I I get that in 2013, you were saying stupid shit. I was saying stupid shit in 2013. Um, shit that people would deem inappropriate, no less. But, like, I wasn't repeating sure. the joke uh, three years ago. <laughs> I want to see what his hair looks like in a windstorm. <laughs> With, I don't know that reference. <laughs> That's when A.B. Klobuchar was talking about Trump's hair at every presidential oh, debate. Oh, my God. <laughs> The real, the real top cop. Um, oh, yeah, God. I just, I like, I buy that 10 years ago, times were different and we were saying jokes that were super inappropriate and like, 
But if you said you changed with the times, 2020 is when change happened for you three years ago. Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I made jokes. And I there is there is one particular joke that will haunt me actually until I stop drawing breath that I like. Me too. There was a joke that someone told me in third grade. Third grade? Fourth or fifth grade, because I, I actually I can viscerally remember the playground I was on the first time I heard it. Um, and then I repeated it and people laughed and I was like, oh, this joke is great. And then like I grew up like six more years and I never said the joke after that. But I was like, oh, this is one of the most disgusting things I've ever said in my entire fucking life. And yeah. and great that like I am not famous. Um, right. Yeah. And like. I knew, I knew, yeah, I, I knew if I left a, a big enough gap, your ass was gonna jump in. Um, but like, nobody totally cares about the stupid things that I've said when I was younger. Right. Um, but like, yeah, yeah. if twenty twenty, if twenty, <laughs> I swear for God, um, <laughs> if like if twenty twenty was your moment where you realized that like, yeah, like, you're late, friend, or yeah, you're you're, you're so late. late. Yeah. So there, yeah, I have one of, I have a similar thing that I used to say. I've said it on this podcast in the very beginning and I fucking hate myself for it because it wasn't funny, whatever. And then also like the stupid shit that we said about like a a trans child that we know and like that shit will haunt me for the rest of my life. And like, and that's why whenever somebody is getting dragged about old shit, I'm like, cause you know, they, they say that like every defense is a confession and I'm not confessing to anything, but like where I stand is did you say stupid shit 10 years ago? And have you since either apologized, changed your stance, spoken out against the thing that you were talking about? Or did you just, when this shit like got discovered, you're like, Oh, I'm not like that anymore. But like, what is your track record? It should be very clear that you aren't like that anymore. If this is the first time we've heard of it since then, then probably you aren't like that anymore. But like, there's also some, some contrition involved as well. I also just want to be clear that, like, the comments that we made about that child were not in disagreement of their parents' care of the child. It was because their no. parents were draining his, were because their parents were draining his fuck. As fuck. As. <laughs> it was. Fuck. It was not. It was. It was not that we did not believe that trans people do not exist. It was not that we don't we didn't believe that trans children ex- don't exist. They were not. Uh, the child well, was, was young enough, you know, but they weren't. I was very ignorant at that time. I I, I probably said something to the effect of like make that little boy put on some little boy clothes or whatever. But like, again, we also very quickly adapted in real time and called the child, the name the child wanted to be called and, and and grew to love the child. The parents were draining as fuck. You know, I, I, I love that. I think that child is so precious. Um, Yes. Totes my goats. And I think I'm in my memory conflating two different stories because there is one. You are. Yes. Yes. That's what I jumped in. I was like, you're, you're mixing the A and the B, baby. Because this child was not trans. He was just wearing dresses and shit. Correct. And, Correct. And click clacks in public. And I was like, Correct. if she don't put that nigga in some G.I. Joe. <laughs> but he was not. It was not a gender identity thing. It was like, this child runs the home. 
Correct. And would Correct. also was like 10 years old and would walk up to his mama and pull her titty out and start breastfeeding. It. Not 10, but very old. <laughs> oh, if you're if you're old enough to walk up to the titty and say, give me the titty, you too old to be on the titty. Right. <laughs> um, there was this one TikTok of this mom where she was talking about y'all need to let boys play with dolls if they want to. Because mm-hmm. she was like, and it was a black mom, and she was like, you know, I I just broke down and I was so nervous and um, I just bought my son a Barbie doll and then I like found myself listening outside of the window or outside of the door to see what he was doing and what had happened was the Barbie doll was Captain America's girlfriend and Spider-Man needed to kidnap her so um, so <laughs> oh my so, I, God. so he needed the Barbie doll she said but eventually I, I thought about taking the Barbie doll away because after all this shit he put her through he cut her she said he said allegedly her hair got cut when she got kidnapped she <laughs> lost her arm she <laughs> lost a <her> leg <laughs> <laughs> he said he, he said my son put that Barbie doll through hell <laughs> They might want to put him on a, a watch list. <laughs> like, why are you insulting the Barbie doll, allegedly? <laughs> she said, he didn't know how her hair got cut, but all of a sudden I came home and she had a bob. <laughs> uh, the bob was bobbing. Okay, so moral of the story is don't be a, don't be a draining-ass parent. Yeah. And also... You you know what rape is, yeah, and it's just you know like I, I that's the thing I just don't buy it. Like all of a sudden in twenty twenty, society woke you up. Like society has been pretty much on the path that we're on right now since the nineties, honey. Like really since the eighties, yeah. Because there's there's a definitive line of demarcation in popular culture where I have would tell people all the time, I do not really enjoy movies made before the modern politically correct era. And even some that have been made since then, I fucking cringe. Like it's always when I recommend a movie to Jonathan and then they'll come back like, um, yeah, girl, this, uh, uh, Jonathan and, and, uh, sister sarcasm. I can't think of her name right now. That's why I, I said them. Uh, they'll come back like, ooh, homophobia. I'm like, damn, I forgot. My bad. <laughs> but like, it's, because in the 80s everywhere. especially, there was so much just like casual homophobia that was just for no fucking reason whatsoever in like a movie or rap music specifically. Oh, let's not. Let's let's not drive down that avenue. Chile. Chile. I choose me. I'm sorry. Um, <sighs> okay. What's the tea, girl? What's what's the tea? Okay, so somebody, <laughs> not on, somebody, some 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 sweet summer soul on Twitter was talking about Zoe Saldana. I what did I just say? <laughs> what did you say? I said no, thank you. <laughs> now let me tell you. Rod is so fucking hilarious. He was like, that lady was just sitting at home, minding her. My daddy is Dominican. I'm not black business. And now she in the middle of this bullshit. But when I tell you, I personally, Nicole, has been waiting for a dragging of this lady 
for years. Since, since probably like 1999, <laughs> to be true. Since Drumline? Because she was the like Hollywood it girl for a really long time. Her and Joy Bryant. But she wasn't black. And they were trying to make her like the black girl. And I, I remember so succinctly sitting in the lobby of a dentist office and there was a copy of like Latina magazine. I can't remember, I remember exactly that. the publication. And inside of it, she had said that she was not black and I remember it because she was being hired to play the black girl in every movie she was in so some this person um tweeted so Zoe Saldana is the second highest grossing actress worldwide and highest grossing black woman actor period and all the African-American pubs are silent. This is also why Black Latinos have difficulties in media. Accomplishments often go overlooked. So somebody asked her, why isn't the pressure on Latin magazines? And they said, Latin media is notoriously anti-Black. It would be silly to ask our former oppressors to have a change of heart now. We are still fighting their erasure now. Many African-American pubs call themselves global Black leaders, but fall short, so I'm pointing it out. So everybody is like, um, first of all, this lady does not want to be Black. She been telling us she wasn't Black. Been. Her quote said, I just want to, she said, there's no one way to be black. Her, That's I, only her, one quote. That's only I one know. quote. It's oh, several oh, articles oh, in I this know. thread oh, where she oh, said she wasn't black. I know. I know. Which, which and, let me be clear. There's nothing wrong with her saying that she's not black. Well, I also think that like that. It's delusional. That, that but identity, it's not. Yeah. Identity is liquid and like an understanding, like just an anthropological understanding of her Dominican, Puerto Rican and Haitian heritage would make it, you know, there's cause to disagree with that assertion. But yes. like, if you don't want to sit at the table, then don't. you're not holding the But seat. then why was you eating up all the food? Because for Correct. a time, Hollywood would not have a black movie without her being the girl with two black parents. Correct. Um, so the person who originally posted the tweet three hours later wrote, I've seen the error of my ways. My apology post is pinned on my profile. So so this is the apology post. So I was wrong. I made it seem like it was African-American pubs fault for Zoe being overlooked. No, I don't believe it's on the African-American community to do the heavy lifting for other black communities as if and if Zoe doesn't want to be associated with blackness, then there is my answer. People calling me anti-Black really made me reconsider everything. Everything I do is for Black people. And I also understand that Black people who aren't African-American have benefited from the work of the African-Americans and many times at the expense of African-Americans. I also have to recognize that many Afro-Latinx people were okay with being celebrated as African-American, probably because of the benefits gained, and that's a choice. Erasure is still an issue for Afro-Latinos, but that isn't the fault of or burden of uh, African-Americans to carry, I apologize. 
Oh, I forgot she was in Guess Who. Baby! That's what I'm really, talking about. I really tried to forget that movie. I mean, and then she went on and did that motherfucking Nina Simone monstrosity with that prosthetic nose. We're not talking about that. We're leaving that alone. I think that no, she got, we're not. Did that we get scrubbed t- from her um, IMDb? Ciao, ciao. Oh Lord! In oh, Essence, there was an article in Essence. Zoe Saldana calls out sexism, but still has poor grasp. On race, this was in 2020. Uh, she was on Sway and talked about blackness in the Latino culture. And she said, Saldana shared that she and her sisters don't refer to black or white in conversations about race as it makes them feel very uncomfortable when we are referring to skin because it shouldn't be priority. She said she's familiar with colorism. Like this picture from this poster, like. How, like I know they thought that she ate. <laughs> she thought she ate this. Hold on. <laughs> the Nina Simone in the Nina yes. Simone. Yes. Hold on. I'm sending it to you in the yeah, go ahead. It's right there. She thought she <laughs> ate that shit. I wanna see your face. <laughs> she was like, I'm getting a motherfucking Oscar off this hoe. It was just terribly offensive. There's another article from The Root, the, the evolution of Zoe Saldana. So there's a, she's been back and forth on the Enya. And somebody, I wish I could find the quote t- tweet, but somebody who worked for one of the uh, Latino communications chimed in and was like, she was very adamant about taking that Enya off and like very adamant about not wanting to be referred to as black. Yeah, you know, I mean, anti-blackness does its, does its worst on everybody. Like, and that, and, and that to me, to go back to the, this don't make no goddamn sense for a second is like, is the thing that's the most irritating that I have realized in my own work is that like, there, no one comes out good in the anti-blackness Olympics. Like everybody gets, everybody loses mm-hmm. because it creates this sort of like fear and mania and people who don't accept blackness mm-hmm. and it creates a sort of like series of mental invisible mental imaginary mental hurdles to overcome for people who do you know accept blackness as part of their identity it's like Mm -hmm. it's a it's a losing it is the worst kind of losing game and the thing is is like you can identify whatever fuck you want to identify as but if you're sitting at our table and eating our food and then wonder why we're mad at you because you don't want to be identified as us then like Whatever. And like, unfortunately, Zoe haven't said anything. This person just brought up this tweet and now they've been dragging her for, you know, two days. But like, you know, I don't know. And also the person was just dead ass wrong because Zoe has been on Essence. She has been on Ebony. Like, it's just not, you know, whatever. Um, I can't find the lady's tweets, but there are a screenshot of her tweets. Let me, of at least one tweet. Let me read it right quick. Um, she said, for five years, I was the editor of Latin Trends magazine. We featured Zoe on our covers, all capitals. She never wanted to identify as black 
or Afro-Latina. Take a look at the picture she would approve for the covers. Why is it a Black publication's responsibility to carry her water? <sighs> but, you know, this is the first time I've ever really seen somebody do a 180 like this and, like, right. post an apology, apology and learn and whatever. I think it was, too, because... A lot of the uh, comments I saw what weren't like you stupid dumb bitch. It was just like, nah, this this is very wrong. <laughs> like, the, le, no, yeah, yeah, not not this. But there were people calling her, uh, uh, you know, names and all that. But and listen, if you want to identify as a mixed race Latina, that's your business. But particularly me, I. I'm on your head, Zoe Saldana, <laughs> and I will never, never go up for you, ever. I'm I'm just saying, don't be surprised when she plays Nina Simone in the new Billy Porter, James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> I'm broken. That's, that's all I got to say. I'm just saying, if if somebody working as hard as she working to distance themselves from black people, then I'm gonna let her go. Bye. I mean, that was my that was the thing my therapist helped me with a couple of years ago. If somebody wants to let you, if somebody wants to lose you, let them. Let them go. Bye, girl. Bye. God. Right. So what? What did Vanessa do? No, fuck her. I'm done. We're gonna after I watch the reunion, we'll probably jump on a specialty because we owe our five dollar Patreon says a little something. And I will thoroughly buy her fucking toenails. I'm on your head, Vanessa Lachey. And this shit runs deep for me. You see this grudge I'm still holding against Zoe Saldana thirty years later? I mean, it, you, your list of grievances is long. It's Zoe, it's um, Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, David Justice. Why I got a beef with David Justice? Because he went upside Halle Berry head? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Danny Glover. Mm-mm. <laughs> to clarify, I do not have beef with Danny Glover. I have a list of actors that I do not fuck with because they played their part too well entitled the Danny Glover list of actors I don't fuck with. Yes. Um, who, Alicia Keys. That's more of a tofu, but yes. <laughs> um, who I'm trying to remember who else is on your beef list. Uh, um, Russell Westbrook. Well, I got to be with Russell Westbrook. Well, who is it that you don't? It's one of them little young basketball Negroes that you don't like. Ja Morant. I sure. Well, yes, of course. <laughs> but I might I thought, have at some point been beefing with Rusty. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm 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 sorry. I did a racist thing. I had mixed the two short black people together. Chris Paul. Oh yeah, but God has a beef with Chris Paul. <laughs> <laughs> that don't got shit to do with me. <laughs> it's above me. It's above it's me. Above, now. It's above me. It's above me now. It's above mm-hmm. me now. The um the nigga who played Eileen cousin on Minister Society. I don't oh, even know sure, his name. Sure, sure. Lawrence Wood, ha- Wood Harris came off the list. Oh, wow. Um, Lawrence Fishburne came off the list. Wendell and Pierce, then, is he still on the list? Oh, most <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and he's like a really good person. <laughs> he 
he's like a he's like yeah. good in the community or whatever. Child. But 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 I'm on your head, Vanessa <laughs> I will never watch CSI Hawaii or whatever the fuck show you're on. And I, I hope you step on a Lego every day for the rest of your life. I and I'm like I'm like low-key excited about this queer ultimatum. But same, she, super same. Like I wish and I can they get the because I'm sure they're the EPs or or whatever on the yeah. show. But like can they get the EP card without having to host? Because I would much rather Nina Parker or Nikki Glaser. Some anyone. Or literally anybody. anyone. Because the literally problem is anyone. like these shows aren't serious. Like yeah. they're not they are completely unserious. Mm-hmm. And and they treat them very seriously, and it is mm-hmm. a tonal mismatch, which like in the case of Brett and Tiffany is like really beautiful, but in many many situations is like profoundly cringy. Yeah, yeah, and also they're too close to the to the people. They were with them throughout the whole thing. Like it, it just to me, it's it's so like tone deaf to not pay attention to what your fan base is saying. And like, because Jackie is a woman, you were on her side and then like pressed Marshall, who's clearly the victim in many aspects here. Like she called that man gay and homophobic stuff. The whole time they were together, she released her own text messages where she was telling her friends that she was taking medicine so he found her medicine we cannot determine whether it was for chlamydia or for um herpes herpes but he found some medicine he asked her about it clearly because they were fucking she said that she was on the medicine because she assumed him to be gay and was concerned for her health what the fuck that's hella homophobic and gross and like you know i i actually really really loved Marshall and I and I thought that Marshall's relationship with Brett and Kwame was like was the best part of that second to Brett and Tiffany that was the best part of that whole show and to me Marshall doesn't give gay he gives corny yeah he's like like a swagless Wardell like Brett is more feminine than Marshall to me I don't think Brett is uh, I mean sure I I that that um fucking red herring they tried to throw at us in the last episode with him. Being oh, when like, he was like, "There should not this, be surprises. This, this should not happen." And I was yeah. like, "I know there is no world in which they're not getting married." And yeah. and I think that the producers fucked up his pants on purpose, probably just to cause some havoc or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he did throw a little fit about them pants, like I'm saying, he a little feminine to me. <laughs> Um, Not you calling uh, Tiffany husband suspect. I I never I never spoke about his sexuality. I, I said he was feminine, um, but I but if anybody was giving gay quote unquote, it was Brett, and he don't even give gay to me. He's a little feminine. Shaquille on Married at First Sight, he's very feminine to me too. Um, but like I don't. But you know I date queer men, so I don't give a fuck. Uh, but I can see how some women have issues with men who aren't as masculine as they want them to be. But Mar- I just don't think a Marshall was ever not masculine to me. Just corny as fuck. But you notice in the in the 
little bits of pieces I've seen of her from the reunion, she dropped her black scent now that she's with Josh. Oh my God. And Vanessa was like girl bossing or yassing Jackie and like big upping Jackie. She's a horrible human being. Like, I feel very terrible for what's going on with her father and her family, but she's not a, a, a good person, period. Marshall didn't deserve anything that happened to him. And for Vanessa to be pressing him like that, that shit felt very racist, IMO. I mean, you know, I, I think there are blind spots that can exist when people are not... And, and, and you know, listen, like, I'm... I'm capital B black all day, every day. It, it is the first thing I'm aware of when I wake up. It's the last thing I'm aware of when I go to bed. And because of that, I see anti-blackness everywhere, even if other people don't. And mm-hmm. I feel like if you're going to have black bodies on the show, it feels really, again, we're just like, is this a serious, I mean, it's, it's clear this is not a serious show. So whatever, but it, it is annoying. It's annoying. Mm-hmm. I fuck. As fuck. Um, hey, boo. Mm hmm. Go ahead. My hey, boo is Earl motherfucking Stevens, E40 Fonzarelli. Um, because the bitch ass security at Golden One Arena in Sacramento, the worst fucking city in Northern California. I don't know how y'all got to be the capital. You definitely not the queen city. Fuck you. Don't make no faces at me right now. I'm doing a thing. I'm going to get back to the thing when I'm done with the thing. I know that there are worse cities. I know there are worse cities in North California. I'm making a point. I'm dragging a bitch. Accuracy is not important right now. So E40 was kicked out of the arena for fucking excessive standing. I've seen the videos. He was hella mad. He was pressing up against the security guard. I would have been mad too because a fan who had been heckling him the entire game, then he started standing up at the end of the game told that he was purposely blocking their view and he did not get a warning. They're saying that they gave him a warning. People who are with E40 said he didn't get a warning. I believe Earl. Fuck y'all. And then kicked him out of the arena for excessive standing. Excessive standing? It's crazy. Based off of the word of a fan. Not a player. A fan. It's crazy. Because because I feel like if you come over to me and say the people behind you are complaining that you're standing up too much, I would have been like, fuck them. Get your money up. Get a better seat then. It's a Not playoff get game. Get your money up. It's a, I know y'all haven't been to a playoff in a really long time, but standing oh. is okay. And I was rooting and I was not rooting for you bitches, but I wasn't rooting against you because I like Harrison Barnes. But now it's fuck Sacramento. Fuck the Kings. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck the Maloofs, whoever owns the team. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. Hey, boo, E40, I hope you got a lawyer. I hope you sue everybody. I hope they change that shit to the fucking Earl Stevens arena after you're done with those fucking people. Eat a dick. How do you really feel? Like that. Um, my hey boo is a tennis player. Um, he is from a country that has not had its flags listed on television for over a year because they are a part of a military, um, aggressive exercise that is going really poorly for them. But 
whatever. Um, his name is Andre Rublev. This is not skeet based. Don't even bother looking it up. Um, but I think he, I think June may be his favorite month. Oh, oh, you think he's a, a family member? <laughs> I, I do uh, think that Andre Rublev may be eligible. Mm-hmm. He in the eligibility Um And he won his first like big tournament yesterday. Um, so good for him. Go Andre. And he be um, he used to be sponsored by Nike, but he wasn't winning no matches. So now he's sponsored by Kmart. Um, <laughs> no. It's not actually Kmart, but I don't know what I don't know what I don't know what these clothes are. I said, girl, what is the website? Drop the Instagram link because what what who 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 is this? Who is this baby? Um but he he won his first big tournament. Good for him. Um there it's it is crazy that after all of these advancements in sports, there's still no like out queer men tennis players there yeah. so I, I i don't i imagine that the locker room probably still doesn't feel like a safe place um, yeah but one day there is um if you like google gay male tennis players there's this this man who comes up who I actually hit with one time and um if he's a gay tennis player then bitch me too <laughs> I mean, you are gay and you do play tennis. Then I'm Serena fucking Williams out this home. Right, right, exactly. I mean, did you do a tournament? I should quit making theater and go pro. I'm saying. If that's the case. I'm saying. You heard it here first. I'm done with my job (laughs) at (laughs) theater company. Um, I'm going to go be a professional tennis player in that (laughs) Work. We'll be seeing you at the U.S. Open. Maybe if you're in the motherfucker, we'll actually see you at it. Uh, you actually won't this year because uh, mm-hmm. I found out some shit about my schedule, but we could talk about that at the post-production meeting. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I'm not going to do a meanwhile on Twitter because we've heavily been into that sort of thing this week. So I just want to say... Um, I had a really revelatory church watching experience on Sunday, and Come I felt church, really girl. great. And I, my revelation that came in my belief directly from God was that, and I think that like sometimes when you look at your life and your situation, you can think that like your best days are behind you. But like the revelation I had was like. Not all my worst days are behind me, but glory God, not all my best days are behind me either. So, um, that's a word. Yeah. So just if you don't have anything to look forward to is as a person of faith, I believe that because God did, he will and can do again. So just this is part of the pastor's message. Like I'm in the still here gang. And so are you. So like. If if we can't be happy about nothing else, we can be happy that we still here. If you ain't got nothing to look forward to, keep looking forward. Keep looking forward. Um, this is the day that the Lord has made. But not the day for you to try it. Bye. Bye.